Here's what's coming up on today's show. Yeah, clean it up. It's, you're not diversifying it. You just have, you're spreading it out over different custodians. So diversify within Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Welcome back in to Perfect Game Retirement. Ben George alongside Ryan Ledman, President and Financial Coach over at Black Oak Asset Management. We're opening up the mailbag today. We're going to dive in. I think we've got six questions we're going to get to today, so we appreciate everyone that sent them in and anybody that's provided any feedback on the show. We always welcome that, and again, if you have any questions for us, send it in. BlackOakAM.com is the website to do so. Ryan, welcome in. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, summer's hot, and <laughs> it's here. It came quick. It's weird, like, I don't know. Obviously, we all know weather in the South is extremely hot, but it just seems lately like the seasons change with a flip of a switch. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's no like easing into it. It's just and yeah, I mean, the the switch flip back in in May went from like nice upper seventies and then all of a sudden ninety two. My good yeah. god! Uh, so there's no acclimation process. But anyway, it's summer. Kids are having a good time. So, um, but yeah, enjoying it. What happened to like, you know, three, four weeks of 60 degree weather? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen. (laughs) You know what though? I would, I would take the heat if I could just get rid of the mosquitoes. I think that's to me, you can't sit outside for a while without just getting eaten up. So welcome back summer, right? Yeah. And I don't have that problem because my wife is a a mosquito attractor. Like they just (laughs) wear her out and they don't touch me. I don't get it. She must have a certain blood type or something that they like and so she's like my you know uh those little what are those called uh not the tiki torches but what are those oh, things yeah, called? The, yeah no, yeah the um start to the sea no, mine's blank. a blank yeah, yeah you know everyone knows what we're talking about yeah those something citronella candles, candles. there you yeah. go thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's it she's my citronella candle, <laughs> candle i guess <laughs> That's good for you, but bad, bad for her, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this mailbag today. We got uh, a number of questions. Again, we're going to cover a wide range of topics. Hopefully, we'll hit on something today that you're interested in or been curious about. Start off with Jack here. Says, I'm retiring in three years. I have almost a million in my 401k, but also have about 60000 in consumer debt. Uh-oh. That's raising a red flag with, with you, I bet. Uh, between credit cards and car loans. Is it worth taking money out of the 401k now while I'm still working in order to get that debt paid off? Hmm. Good question. A lot of variables here, Jack, but one is how old are you? Um, That's going to be a big part of it because age, um, there's an issue there. If you take this money out too early, then you have the 10% early withdrawal penalty. A million dollars in your 401k, that's great. It depends on your income, what you need, but also it, it, it does depend on the margin. Yeah, 60 grand, you got to get rid of it. So that's where coming up with a plan on how you pay that off. So again, age has a huge factor. You know, the credit cards, so the credit cards will never go away unless you pay them off. Car loans, yeah, I want you to get those paid off, but car loans, they have an end date and, and you're going to get those paid off. So definitely from... A, a standpoint of paying debt off, I would knock out those credit cards. But how you go about doing that, there's more questions that need to be asked. I wouldn't be mad at you if you took money out just to wipe the slate clean, but that's just 
part of the battle. Like you got to make sure you're not going back into it. Uh, it's, a, it's a behavior thing. So I don't want you to do it. And then five years later, need to do it again. Uh, so I think, Jack, if you're probably thinking about this and even send in a mailbag question that you're being intentional about it. So that's a good thing. Uh, so it depends. Yes, I want you to get rid of it. Uh, it just depends on age and taxes and all that sort of thing on how it is. I would say just try to, you know, dig in and pay for it uh, yourself. But of that 60 grand, if those credit cards are a large majority of that, it's going to be really difficult to get out because of the interest that you're going to be paying. Car loans, it's a simple interest loan. So that's not killing you. It's more of a taking the debt out behavior type thing. But if anything, and if, if, Getting those credit cards paid off are very, very difficult. That that may be where I would take some money out of my 401k and wipe those credit cards out. And then you can go full tilt at that car loan and pay that off early. So again, without knowing much of the information uh, or more specifics, I would definitely get rid of the credit card debt if you are able to do so. I know, though, that you appreciate that question, right? Be thinking, thinking of ways to pay down that consumer debt. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we discussed it in our last episode about some things to think about before retirement and trying to become debt free. So, Jack, if you got a million dollars in your 401k, I would assume you're getting closer to retirement because that's a big that's a big amount in a 401k. So you have to be there, be somewhere for a long period of time and contribute and have some growth in there. So I would imagine you're in your 50s. I'm just guessing because I've seen a lot of these maybe in your 60s as well or maybe in your late 40s. But uh, definitely getting rid of that stuff is um, I'm a big proponent of that. Very good. Thanks for that question, Jack. Again, you can schedule a retirement coach 360 session online now, blackoakam.com. Go through that a little bit more to figure out what your best options are. All right. Question from Ross says, my mom died two years ago. And my three sisters and I inherited the, her house. I've always wanted to sell it. And now they're just coming around to the idea. But now they're also worried about the tax implications of selling it. I keep telling them that I don't think it will really hurt us from a tax perspective, but I can't really explain why. Can you help me out? So, yeah, from a compliance standpoint, let me say my disclaimer. I am not a CPA, so contact your <laughs> local tax provider. Um, but there are some some high-level things going on here. Um, I, I, I probably see why that everyone's coming around to wanting to sell it because it's probably – you could probably get a lot of money for it uh, more than probably it did a couple of years ago when after your mom passed away. So I, I get it. There's a sentimental value there that that maybe some of the uh, your sisters weren't really coming around to the idea. But maybe it's maybe it's been um, I don't know if hassle is the right word, but upkeep. It's taking time away, and you do see the housing market do what it's doing right now. So maybe it's like okay. Let's let's sell this thing. Let's get rid of it. Um, you know, our mom's not here anymore. So it's, the house is just a house. It's not hers anymore. So, yes, from a tax standpoint, I mean, when you do inherit an asset, um, there's a step up in basis, which means like your new principal amount is whatever the value is the day of her death. So there's some appraisals and all that that need to be done and documented to know, OK, what the appraisal value was you know, two years ago and what you sell it out. So there could be some tax implications just on the growth between that two year time period, but you're not going to owe taxes on the uh, original amount and, and how much taxes you're going to pay. Yeah, that's where a CPA is going to come into play. But I, I'm I'm kind of on your side with this one, Ross, that you're, you're I don't think you're going to get killed in taxes as much as you think. Now, obviously, it depends on 
how much it sells for, the difference in that value from when your mom passed away to when you sold it. Um, but, you know, you're, you're two years out, uh, so it's going to be long-term capital gains. So anyways, I, I don't want to dive too far into this from a tax standpoint, but I think you guys are going to be in better shape. Just make sure when you do get the proceeds of the sale of the house and once it's divvied all up, just make sure you're setting aside a certain amount. Um, and again, hopefully your CPA can help with this, but set aside a certain amount that's going to go to taxes and then the rest is is, is yours. So uh, I think it's a good idea. There's it, It's happened not too long ago around here where a friend of mine was actually looking at a house and it was an inherited home and they literally put it on the market and they just said, hey, highest bidder, you get it. And that, that may be where you're at or maybe you want to pass it on to a family. So, um, but I think from a tax standpoint, you're going, you guys are going to be in better shape than you think. Very good. Thanks for that question, Ross. All right. One from Janice here says, my husband and I have met with a couple different financial advisors and both of them seem like they only want to talk to him. Like I'm some kind of bystander. What do I need to do to show that I'm an important part of this conversation as well? Janice is probably my biggest pet peeve. To be honest, I think I can't, it drives me bananas. Um, I can't. I don't, I don't know why advisors do that. I, it, it really is a, it's a thing with me. And I've gotten feedback from clients that I do have, and they ended up choosing our firm because of that very reason, including uh, in, in some cases the, the female of um, a married couple. And there's a lot of male advisors who do that. They'll talk directly to the male and that's it. But include both. Um, that's just, it's, they're a part of the conversation too. I get it. One person, and it could be the female, but one person is usually more involved or into this kind of stuff. And I think as we get older, I'm stereotyping a little bit, but baby boomer generation versus generation X, that's, it's a little bit different, um, as far as involvement and who, who takes more involvement into the finances. But whether they love it, understand it, they need to know about it and be educated. So the education part is the big, 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 big part of it that we take huge pride in. But looking both people in the eye and having conversations and asking questions. And a lot of times we won't meet with people unless uh, husband and wife are there. I'll do a phone call to start the, the conversation with one. But then when we meet in person, it's got to be it's got to be both. And I think that's important and they both need to be on the same page. So Janice, yeah, as an industry, I apologize for that, but that I don't think you want to work with them. And, and again, that's not just like, Hey, come work with us. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but you, you do need to have someone who's making eye contact and making sure both are on the same page in these situations. Yeah. I hate to hear that um, for you, Janice. So <clears throat> make sure you find someone that works with you and appreciates you and, and brings you into the conversation as an equal. All right. Uh, Tony's next says I started with my social security as soon as I turned 62, which was two years ago. Was that a mistake? Should I have waited? Um, you know, that, that depends. It depends on your income needs, Tony. It depends on if you needed to go ahead and start doing that. There's, there's several of my clients who maybe claimed it earlier on. It's easy. Hindsight's, you know, very easy to go back and go, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Or, Ah, why didn't I wait? I didn't need that. I just, you know, I was worried about Social Security going under. So I thought I'd go ahead and claim mine before, you know, it went insolvent. I mean, there, there's always that argument. Maybe you needed it at 62 and that's fine. Tony, maybe it's just you and this this Social Security benefit is not going to pass on to anyone else like a spouse. 
when it is a spouse, if it is a higher benefit, waiting usually is better because that that higher benefit carries on with the spouse. Um, unfortunately, you're outside of uh, the one year window. So if you claim early and you think, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe you go back to work later like, oh, man, you can pay back Social Security up to one year. So it can go back into the coffers of the Social Security. You can pay them back and continue to delay your Social Security benefit. But you're two years out. You know what? It's water under the bridge, Tony. Don't kick yourself. Don't question it. It is what it is. Uh, but again, it's it was outside of that 12 month time period that you can't you can't really change that decision now. All right, thanks, Tony. Uh, next up is AJ, who says I have seven different IRAs, all at different investment companies. It's gotten to be a lot to keep up with, but I like the idea of being diversified like this. That's a good idea, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, AJ. Seven there you go. Next question. Uh, seven could. Grief, seven. I, I couldn't imagine keeping up with seven IRAs myself. So uh, that's not diversification. That's just you You just have it spread out over different custodians. That's it. Uh, diversification comes within the account itself. So um, if you work with an advisor and they're licensed to do anything, there's as far as investments go, you can diversify as much as you want inside of one IRA. AJ, I would consolidate it, make your life easy and diversify within one IRA. Pick your favorite custodian. They all do the same thing. They just hold your money. That's it. They hold your money. Yeah, are they going to push for their own funds? Sure. You know, Vanguard wants you to do theirs. Fidelity wants you to do theirs. I get it. All of them do that. I'm not picking on those two. They all do it. Um, but if you work with an advisor and they're independent, they, they shouldn't be a captive agent or anything like that. They should just invest in whatever funds that are best for you. So consolidate it because, AJ, when you're gone, someone cleaning this up, is it's a mess. And when accounts are spread out all over the place, maybe beneficiaries are incorrect. Hopefully those seven accounts all have the right beneficiaries on it. Or maybe you have different beneficiaries on each one. Uh, I get it. Uh, but you can do that on one IRA and just spread it out over different beneficiaries if that's the case. So. Yeah, clean it up. It's, you're not diversifying it. You just have you're spreading it out over different custodians. So diversify within one IRA, AJ. Thanks for that, AJ. Appreciate you writing in. And we got one more today on the show to wrap it up. Uh, it's from Patsy. He says my mom and dad both needed nursing home care in their later years, so I'm really worried about needing it myself. I'm 63, and long-term care insurance seems really expensive at this age. But should I go ahead and get it for my peace of mind, if nothing else? Yeah, we just did a webinar uh, on this and educating people on how to pay for care. And usually, Patsy, like yourself, it usually comes from a place of personal experience. So you've seen it firsthand. You've seen your parents. I saw my mom uh, when she was sick needing care. So usually it takes a personal event. Uh, 63, I would still, and you said, it seems really expensive. So that leads to tell me, that leads me to believe, excuse me, that maybe you haven't shopped it. Maybe you have, maybe you have, but look at what those premiums are per month because there's so many different ways to structure a long-term care policy. You know, you got the years that it covers, all right? Is it two years? Is it three? Is it four? Is it five? Usually there's not any that go outside of six. 
I'm no long-term care insurance specialist. I know a lot about them, but there may be carriers out there that go longer than six years, but I think six is a little much. Uh, the average for a female is um, just under four years. So it's about 3.7 years, Patsy, to uh, that, that need care. And females need it a lot longer. The average stay for a male is 2.2 years versus 3.7. So your premiums, Patsy, is, they are going to be higher than a male who's the exact same age as you. Uh, so because you, you females, statistically speaking, need care longer because they stay alive longer. So shop long-term care, how many years, what the monthly benefit is. Does it pay for two grand? Does it pay for three? Does it pay for four? get something if you do go the long-term care route uh, long-term care insurance route get something you're not going to get a policy that's going to cover the entire amount because you know you're going to have social security coming in you're going to have a nest egg of investments maybe a pension so you have some ways to offset that cost uh, so get something rather than nothing. Um, I wouldn't advise Medicaid. People are like oh I'm gonna spend all my assets and then do Medicaid uh, they pay for everything. Well, you have to be almost in destitute uh, as far as asset total to qualify for Medicare. And there's a five-year look-back period. So if you start giving away assets, they look back five years previous. And if you've given away money, then that's what you have to pay for your long-term care uh, until you have basically paid, paid that amount up, then Medicaid will kick back in. So don't try to work the system. And I'm not saying you are, Patsy, but I've heard people say that before. Oh, Medicaid pays for it. Medicare pays for it. Mm, not really. Uh, Medicare is not going to really pay for that either. There are some annuities that help with the cost of um, long-term care. It, uh, it's nowhere close to covering the full amount, but sometimes incomes will increase if you need uh, care. Also, there's a life insurance hybrid that is basically spending your death benefit while you're alive to pay for care. So there are some things that have popped up on the market that have changed and modified. You just have to go what's best for you, Patsy, but I would definitely search out a long-term care insurance policy first, see what that monthly premium is that you can afford and see if you can kind of back into what those benefits are because something is better than nothing because that stuff is not getting any cheaper and there's a good chance that, uh, that, you, could, uh, that you could use it down the road. Great question. Great information as well, Ryan. Appreciate that. And if you have any questions directly for Ryan, you want to get cleared up, it's always best to go straight to him. You'll always get the most complete answer that way by working with an advisor. So you can always find him online, blackoakam.com. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online now. All right, Ryan, we will close it out on that note. We appreciate all the questions. Please send us in some more. We'll do another mailbag episode coming up pretty soon. So subscribe to the show. Ryan, take care. We'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess by the time this is out there, hopefully uh, everybody has a good July 4th. I know that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everybody have a great summer. Thank you for listening to Perfect Game Retirement. We'll talk to you soon. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. 
You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.